backstage passes, and zero to 60 in a super stretch limo? Yeah, that's just how we roll. You're listening to the Mousecapades Radio Network. listeners, this is Vicki and I'm here with Stephanie. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 722 and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before Stephanie gets started, I want to apologize. I am fighting Missouri allergies, so I sound worse than I probably feel or look. Oh, Missouri allergies are the absolute worst. (laughs) So today we'll be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, we would be glad to help. You just have to text one of us, Vicki or myself, Stephanie, at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com and we'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package. So go ahead and email one of us today. So this is sad news for some of us, Stephanie, that we're considering residing in Orlando after retirement, even though retirement's closer than I realized. Um, Florida is being called the least affordable place to live in the entire United States right now. And this is because of the rising home prices and the rising rent costs. The main reason for the recent major jumps in home and rent prices is a combination of low supply and high demand. So this issue is even more pronounced when it comes to affordable housing as the supply is even more depleted. So Orlando area theme parks are taking action. So this is good. In an attempt to help local service industry professionals find affordable housing, they recently announced that they have earmarked almost 80 acres of land to build an affordable housing development in Orange County, Florida. And um, it it appears that some of the other theme parks also are going to do that too. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing on their part. Yeah, I was shocked hearing this. I don't think of Florida as being expensive. And when I look at like housing rentals especially in orlando i'm like wait a minute you can get a six-bedroom house for a full week for under three thousand dollars like at three thousand dollars like that's crazy right um so i just feel like it's very affordable to rent a house there um but maybe that's kind of changing now and especially with how many people rush to florida um and have recently moved there. If I guess if there's no houses available, then people can go ahead and sell those houses for way more than they should be. Exactly. So I mean, you did make a good point. That's okay. I mean, how how close are you to retirement, Vicky? Um, at least probably three years. Okay. Maybe by then we'll be good. Again. Back on track. Yeah, you can you can move down and let me come visit you. Yeah, there you go. Guests believe that Mirabelle will be returning to Paradise Gardens Park at Disney California Adventure soon. 
She met guests there back in November, and then later she actually appeared in Disneyland Park. The character meet and greet hut is closed off, but an Encanto sign and poster are hanging outside of it. And inside, the teal blue door and the pink flooring is it's all covered in drawings reminiscent of Maribel's skirt, and those are all back as well. More Encanto character posters are hung inside. Disney really hasn't officially come out to announce that it's going to return, so we'll let you more if we hear anything about it. That looks so cute, and I hope they get one at Disney World. And I'm glad they're bringing up the Encanto. Like, they need to... Capitalize. Yeah, they're realizing that it was so big, and they need to get it out as soon as they possibly can. It's not something to, like, wait on. Yeah, and I know that um, Turning Red was controversial for some, but for some it was... I mean, I have some students that really loved that movie. And I feel like that even if you don't have like a special place for them or something, have a meet and greet for them like they did with um, Baymax and with Joy and Disgust and, you know, something. I think they need to bring that back. That's the kind of stuff I want them to bring back to Hollywood Studios is those kinds of characters that are rare. Yes. Yes, I want just more characters all around. If you have more characters, it makes the lines dwindle a little bit. Like it takes some of the, it takes a a little bit of the the people out of the lines to go wait and see characters. And it also makes the character lines less if you have more out and available. Exactly. You guys made that a good point when we were talking about why is it that Hollywood Studios is always so cramped up? And that's why, because until recently we didn't have the characters and I, don't know how many they've exactly brought back in Hollywood Studios because they've talked about everywhere else, but not so much. I mean, we know that Sully's back, but Mike Wazowski's not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think they need to bring back some more. That used to be a park where we saw multiple really? characters in different places. Yeah, because you know where Launch Bay is. Mm-hmm. Um, we, was that Launch Bay when you went there the first time? I think it mm-hmm. was. It was. So that used to be an animation studio where you could go and um, work with an Imagineer and draw pictures. They gave you paper and you would- Oh, fun. Do follow the leader kind of thing. Yeah. And then down in that area, there would be um, Fantasia Mickey and then four to five other characters and then they'd swap them out and whatever the newest movie was. So that's where we met um, Lotso and uh, Vanellope and Wreck-It Ralph and the evil queen and the mayor from Pocahontas. I mean, there were always, and they were trading out, like they'd be there for like 30 minutes and then a new one would come in. And then there was a whole area for all of the Incredibles characters. So you sometimes you'd have Mr. and Mrs. Credible. Sometimes you would have Frozone. I mean, they would just trade out and it was amazing. And I think that was probably one of the saddest thing I that I miss, the saddest things that I miss at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, and it for sure needs to come back. I don't know why they thought, I mean, I know they wanted to do Launch Bay, but now Launch Bay is so far away from Galaxy's Edge. It's kind of bizarre. It is. It's not like we have the whole park is going to be Star Wars It feels now. very disconnected. <laughs> so I say bring back the animation studio. Like they're going to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Please listen. So many guests have found that they have to do work on their trip. And this is a, this was a lot of information. So I split it between the two of us. But a lot of people find out that they can uh, have to do some work at Disney World. And what better place to go to do your work if you can dial in somewhere is in the parks. So we're going to tell you some places in the parks or on property 
that you can go and work on the internet. Like if you have a little business call or a meeting or something and you need to... Correct. I don't, I don't know if she listens to the show anymore, but one of my friend's friends that we all went on a ladies trip for band moms, she just was down there for two weeks again. And one of the whole week, she worked during the day and went to the parks at night. Cosmic Rays in Tomorrowland at Magic Kingdom. Sunshine Seasons in the Land Pavilion at Epcot. The Connection to Eatery and Cafe, which has tons of tables and even plugs to recharge your phones and your computers. And in the winter months, they suggest suggest you go to Harambe Village at Animal Kingdom. These are all great places that you can get work done, but you can also grab a bite to eat if you want to, or even like just a cup of coffee. Um, if you don't have a park ticket, but you just want to get out of your uh, condo or your resort, wherever you're staying, the Starbucks at Disney Springs is very large. And a lot of times people just come in and go out again, and they have a pretty good seating inside and out. And so they suggested that that be another place that people go and I was thinking if it was a beautiful day like it is a lot of times when we go there, they have that gorgeous lake to sit on one of those tables and be overlooking the lake and do your work. That to me would be perfect if I could teach out there. Right, so nice. Um, there's also some resorts on Disney property that are perfect for quiet, secluded places and that are gonna be less busy if you find yourself needing to do some work on vacation. So this is gonna be good spots to go do the, like the phone calls and. Yeah, if you can't be in the middle of a Disney park <laughs> because the noise level is too loud, here's some places to go. We've got Wilderness Lodge. It's a popular hotel and a great place to work. There's all kinds of fireplaces throughout the main hotel. Imagine just sitting around a fireplace on some of the cooler um, days and enjoying the toasty feel of that. Um, you can head to the upper floor, find a fireplace and enjoy that ambiance. If the fireplaces aren't your style, you could also head over to Carrollwood Pacific Railroad Room at the Boulder Ridge Villas at Wilderness Lodge. This room is dedicated to Walt Disney's love of trains, along with more tables and chairs. There's a second floor of a contemporary resort that has comfy couches that you can sit in and work at. There's outlets right there, so that's handy. Another resort is Disney's Boardwalk. Then you could, of course, head over to Bellevue Lounge. This lounge is open for breakfast from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then in the evening, it's also open from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. I just thought it was cool that it thought about this because there are a lot of people that sometimes they plan their vacation and then they find out there's some big project they're in the middle of mm -hmm. and they need to do a meeting here and there. And this is perfect. And I now did not know about this Carol Wood Pacific Railroad room. So now I'm like, I want to go to that room. <laughs> not for work, just to check it out. Yeah, because it's got all of Walt's trains. That is neat. I didn't know about that one either. I just, ever since Joey was little and then he passed that love on to Hunter. Chase didn't love it as much as the other two. But just anything trains it would grab their attention. I don't know if Teddy's like that. Teddy's just so imaginative anyway. <laughs> Teddy's monster trucks. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he has a big monster truck bed. Mm-hmm. He's all about the monster trucks. He told me today that he wants to be um, as old as dad um, so that he can drive a monster truck. And I said, well, dad doesn't drive a monster truck. And he said, but when I get bigger, I'm going to drive a monster truck. Okay. Okay. It's going to be Gravedigger, by the way. Of course it is. He will be driving Gravedigger. That's hysterical. Well, Star Wars fans can be part of the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim. From Thursday, May 26th, which is next week, through Sunday, May 29th. Star Wars Night is in Disneyland on May 27th. 
and the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus is on May 27th. These are all things to look forward to for Star Wars fans before May ends. One of the most popular spots in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has been the Droid Depot where you build your own droid. And I know Sarah's talked to us about this before. Right now, the cast members are saying that you may want to wait on that because the price of it is $99.99, um, but they're not because of delay in inventory, which we've talked about a lot. Um, a lot of the droid parts and colors that you might want to make your R2 or your BB droid are not available. And so cast members are just suggesting that you wait and maybe call and find out rather than pay that money and have your kid be disappointed in what they got. So um, you might want to check mm. in though with the inventory before you make those reservations and or even tell your kid about it. Because sometimes kids don't know everything that goes on there. You could save that for another trip. Interesting. I didn't realize that they weren't getting all their stuff. And are they providing anybody with a discount? No, probably not. No, because, you know, some people are going to make it just for the experience. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of diehards that want it to look exactly the way they want it to look. Well, and non-diehards probably don't even realize that there were other options. Like, right. if you're going to give them three choices, they're just assume there's three choices and that they aren't missing another three. So that's, hmm. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I believe we just talked about people leaving their strollers with everything in them, including one couple who left their baby. Hello, people. Um, so here's why it isn't a good idea. On Wednesday, May 11th, two guests, including one that eyewitnesses claimed to be a young adult or a minor, he was arrested. They were all arrested at Magic Kingdom Monday evening. Now, reports from guests and cast members indicate that the two men were confronted by Disney security and local sheriff's department officers after stealing from guest strollers at the park. Several guests reported thefts, including wallets and, you know, everything else. It's really unclear how security and the officers identified the two suspects, but the reports indicate that the arrests were related. In a video posted on TikTok by Natalie Curling, a young man is handcuffed with his arms straight up behind him and an officer is leading him down a path of the Magic Kingdom hub. Another man, possibly his father, was also arrested. This incident comes after a string of operation at Walt Disney World exposed several housekeepers who were stealing from guest rooms. Disney warns guests that the company is not responsible for any lost or stolen items. What steps do you take to secure your personal belongings at Walt Disney World theme parks? Vicki, I know I I do leave stuff in my stroller just because it's heavy to carry around, but never anything about you. Like if you want to steal my goldfish snack crackers right. and my water bottle, okay, I guess you need it more than I do. I'll go find something somewhere else but I'm never going to leave my wallet or like expensive sunglasses right. or like that stuff comes with me. Or your child. Oh my, that one got me. <laughs> that, that one still just bothers me. I don't know why they thought that was okay, but. Well, uh, can I just go off on a quick tangent? Sure. I don't think we did this on here, but I read a story from a, it was a cast member's most bizarre thing that ever happened. And there was a woman in the hot Florida heat who had this jacket on and it was zipped up. Oh yes, I read this story, go ahead. Did you? She had a baby on the right, it was on Mission Space. Yep. 
and the guy kept saying like what's what's going on like you need to what are you doing and finally she got on the ride and he had her unzip the jacket and they, she had she was like child wearing a baby trying to get sneak a baby onto mission space now that's not the one i read i read the one that she tried to get on space mountain so there's more than one crazy person oh i'm wondering did i read no i i really think it was no, it, you're probably it was right. mission space because they were saying how it's all cramped up in there and it's really tight. And he was saying you're going to need like, I don't know if you're going to fit in, in in this booth. And um, turns out she had a, a baby strapped to her. Like, why? Why would you do that? That's not a good idea. That was I'm sure it was two different articles because the person was like, this is going to jerk them around. This is a really jerky roller coaster. And she's like, they're secure. They're, he's going to be fine in here. And he's like, ma'am, there's a reason. There's a height requirement. And like the lady was bickering with him. Oh. She was willing to risk her child. Yes, that just blows. Not to mention the whole line. They have this child zipped up inside of a jacket. Like it's hot in Florida. Exactly. You are like suffocating that child right now. Don't do that. I just can't believe some people. It blows my mind. So, anyways, tangent over. Back to the strollers. Don't leave your stuff in the stroller if it's of value. If you would care if it got stolen, don't leave it in there. The saddest thing to me was if you go and watch that girl's um, TikTok, that kid, he might be 14 or 15 years old. He wasn't fighting, which I'll give him that because, you know, we have students that do that now. They fight us when we try to tell them they're doing something wrong. And um, so I'm glad that he went willingly, but holy cow, who uses their child as a help to steal things at a park? I don't know. It's a sad world. It really is. It really is. The red trolley-shaped kiosk inspired by the old Pacific Electric Railway of Los Angeles is now back at Sunset Boulevard in Disney's Hollywood Studios. This kiosk is a small-scale version of a red trolley car and was once used as a merchandise stand called Trolley Gifts, and it started back in 1994, right on Sunset Boulevard. The kiosk was closed as of September 2020, and it kind of vanished. Like, it left the street, like, where it stood. And I forgot about it, actually, until I saw the pictures this week. The red signs now say caricatures, so we guess that they're going to have a caricature artist available. And there's a red umbrella next to it, we assume, for the artists and the guests to sit. While examples of caricature art will probably be on display on the trolley. Given the umbrella's presence, we suspect that it's going to open very soon or they wouldn't have put it out already. And ironically, over in Anaheim, the full-size operational red car trolley is going to return to service in Disney's California Adventure. It actually carries people. I've never seen it. I mean, I've seen it on video, but not in person. Yeah, me either. That's just another step back to normal. Let's keep, let's keep yes, it up, please. Disney. Let's get back to all the way normal. Lots of normal. On Saturday, the noon festival of the Fantasy Parade was canceled. Imagine if you were there and it was canceled. But Disney, you know, they didn't want guests to be completely without a parade. So they sent out a version of the Disney Adventure Friends Cavalcade. Several characters who usually appear in the cavalcade were absent and replaced by characters who would actually appear in the parade. The cavalcade began with the usual Adventure Friends banner um, with Goofy, Pluto, Chip, and Dale walking behind it. And then usually that cavalcade would open with Pixar characters. 
Behind the walking characters was the Main Street USA Jitney that was carrying Mickey and Minnie. Mickey and friends don't appear in the standard adventure friends cavalcade. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs walked behind the Jitney. Then princesses and princes that usually only appear in that festival of the Fantasies Parade were on the gazebo float. Behind the gazebo was Peter Pan, Wendy, Captain Hook, and Smee. The first adventure friends float held Moana, Merida, and Pocahontas, who always appear in the parade. A penguin from Mary Poppins was on the back. Alice and the Mad Hatter, Pinocchio, and Geppetto walked behind the floats. Then we had Donald, who was on top of the second adventure friends cavalcade float. Um, and he was taking over Clarabelle's usual spot. She was in front of the float instead, along with along with Horace Horsecollar. Jeannie, that one had me all tongue-tied there. Jeannie and Blue were on the back of the float, and then the original fantasy parade ran at 3 p.m. as it had planned. So totally a mix of everything. Yeah, so I don't, I mean, I'm sure that people were disappointed, but if it was their first time there, they wouldn't realize they still basically got a parade. Um, I know it was a big article for several um, bloggers saying, oh, they didn't do it at 12 o'clock. But then when they listed that, I thought, well, if you were the first time there, you would never know. And even if you weren't, wow. you got to see a lot of characters. A ton of characters. Like they just kind of threw them all on there. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a good thing. And they got to see Mickey and Minnie, classic mm-hmm. Mickey and Minnie. Can't, can't go wrong there. I wonder if even like... People who just visit every, you know, once a year, they, they probably still wouldn't know the difference between the parades. Well, maybe not. And things have changed so much over since the reopening. They might think that's the normal for now. Yeah. I don't know, Steph. We spend a lot of time trying to tell people what to bring to Disney. Today, we're going to tell you what you should not bring to Disney. And that would be your meth pipe and your meth. Oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> that is what one man decided he was going to bring with him on his trip to Epcot last month. On April oh. 7th, Luis Martinez Riviera was arrested and charged with possession of meth and possession of drug paraphernalia. He's 30 years old and he was from Chicago. He was caught with the items while going through this security screening. The meth was hidden inside a black sunglass glass case that first attracted the attention of a Disney security officer who saw what he believed to be a drug-related item. The sheriff's deputy was called to the scene and observed a small plastic bag which appeared to have two to three grams of a white powdery substance in the sunglass case. So then the sheriff tested the substance and it came back positive for methamphetamine and Martinez Rivera had a cracked glass pipe in his possession as well. The pipe, the white substance, and the sunglass case were all taken as evidence Meanwhile, Martinez Rivera was arrested and taken into jail without any problems, which is good that he didn't fight, according to the report anyway. Court documents listed his bond at $2,000 for the felony meth charge and $200 for paraphernalia misdemeanor charge. It uh, did not list an attorney, and when they tried to contact um, the family, they wouldn't give a statement, but Disney did send Martinez Rivera a trespass warning telling him he's banned from Walt Disney property. Why? Why do you think that you're going to get away with something like that? I really don't know. I don't understand. It's just like my husband likes to watch these really sad shows. And I said, should I be worried of people killing other people and and all the steps that it goes for them to discover who did it? That's just a show he likes 
It's I think it's Dateline is what it is. But anyway, in this day and age, I don't know why people think they're going to get by with it. It's the same yeah. thing with the drugs and the alcohol. I mean, it's somebody true. tried to get in the ballpark with alcohol the other day. I'm like, seriously? Come on. But about something like that, you're not going to get arrested. <laughs> true. Like true. you're going to be told dump it out. It's a little bit different. <laughs> Just I don't. If you know you're going to a family place. Right. Well, and the other thing is at the ballpark, there is alcohol. Like, it's okay to drink at the ballpark. That person was just trying to be cheap. Right. That this, there's nobody's. Yeah, nobody's selling the meth in the, in the It's not in any gift shop. It's not at any of the connection corner. No, it's not. You can't. So, like, why? And why? you should Oh, gosh. That's just awful. Um, On to some better news. <laughs> Let's talk about Zac Efron. He's so cute. I know. In an interview with E! News, Zac Efron said, of course, he'd be interested in doing another high school musical film. So everybody get excited about that one. He said, having the opportunity to, in any form, go back and work with that team would be so amazing. Yeah, my heart's still there. So that would be incredible. I hope it happens. And we do too, Zach. We do too. Efron started, uh, starred as Troy Bolton in the three high school musical films. The franchise launched a spinoff film starring Ashley uh, Tisdale that was called Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. A pilot for a spinoff series was filmed in 2011, but it never aired. And then in 2019, High School Musical, the musical the series... Um, was inspired by the film's premiere. And then while a high school musical four was hinted at in 2016, it just, it just never came to fruition. Do we think it's going to be possible? Vicky, are they going to do it? I'm just trying to think what the storyline would be, but I was telling Kaylee about this because big high school musical fan. And then she quickly got sucked into the series on Disney plus and she wants to see it too. But she said, do you know what he's in now? Now he's playing the dad of the little girl in Firestarter on, I think it's on Netflix. It's a reboot of Firestarter that uh, starred Drew Barrymore when she was little. And so they have an, a remake of it and he's the dad in the movie. And she's like, I think it's going to be hard for him to come back from that and go back to be clean cut Zac Efron. I don't know, but she said, I would love for to see it. He's too old now. I mean, sorry, Zach. <laughs> He's 33. I, I know. I didn't realize. Like, are you, if it was something like um, like Fuller House, where they come back and it's just a totally different thing. But if you're going to still pretend that you guys are in high school or college, it's just we're not having it. We, we well, know better. Because I don't think that they're old enough to play parents of kids. They could go back as mentors, maybe. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would love it because I think it was a clean cut, good film. I loved it. Just mm -hmm. kind of like Descendants. When my kids talk about Descendants at school, that makes me happy that they're watching that kind of stuff. Um, For the longest time, I thought Descendants was like bad. I don't know why. It just, I maybe because there's like a, a horror movie called something like The Descendants or like there's a, a scary movie that's called that. So when pe kids would talk about it, I'm like, ooh. Why are you watching that? <laughs> and I didn't think that was a Disney film. And then I finally watched it. I'm like, oh, this movie It's actually pretty cute how yeah. they tied in all the villains and stuff and had them have kids. And But I don't, I really don't want them to make any more of those just because of the little boy that died. And so he can't be in there anymore. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? No. Um, 
uh, for the life of me, cannot remember that kid's name and Kaylee's not here tonight. Um, he was in Grown Ups also, Grown Ups 1 and 2, and he played uh, Adam Sandler's middle son. Did he play a big part in Descendants? Yes, he was the son of Cruella DeVille. So he had the black oh. and white hair. Um, okay. He had seizure disorder and he died at 21. Oh. And so I think it would be hard for the cast and for them to have that. I mean, I'm sure they could figure it Without out, him. but I just mean I think it would be hard for them to do that. That's why um, I don't think that Adam Sandler is going to do Grown Ups 3 without him. Oh. So, CEO of the Walt Disney Company, Bob Chapik, sent a memo to his cast members after yesterday's earning call, congratulating and thanking them for a successful second quarter of 2022. The company made $19.2 billion in revenue, with a $6.7 billion coming directly from Disney Parks. The memo addresses the six Academy Awards Disney won this year, including Best Animated Feature for Encanto, he says Turning Red became the fastest title to reach 200 million hours viewed on Disney. So I'm going to read the memo that he sent so that I don't misquote him. Generally, I think it was pretty nice. I'm trying to find good good things about him. It's a long one. It is a long one. Why did I do this to myself? One of the best parts of my job is getting to talk about the incredible work you all do. Today, I had the opportunity to do just that as Christine McCarthy and I shared your achievements and our financial results for the second quarter. While the numbers were fantastic, you can read our press release to learn more about our performance. They don't tell the full story. As always, storytelling excellence was on full display, and I can't think of any other company that can match the depth, breadth, and quality of our content. Our studios earned six Academy Awards at this year's ceremony broadcast on ABC, including Best Animated Feature for Walt Disney Animation Studios in Kanto, and Best Documentary Feature for Onyx, Collective and Searchlight Pictures' Summer of Soul. Pixar's Turning Red became the fastest title to reach 200 million hours viewed on Disney+. We brought Marvel action to the service with Moon Knight and added a new chapter to the Star Wars story with The Book of Boba Fett. And while not in the second quarter, I have to call out the performance of Marvel's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which opened this past weekend to an incredible $450 million at the global box office. That's the 11th highest domestic opening weekend of all time. Our general entertainment team success was wide ranging from buzzy new series like Pam and Tommy and the dropout on Hulu to the long awaited return of FX's Atlanta to landmark achievements like the renewal of Grey's Anatomy on ABC for its record breaking 19th season, which I am appreciative of. I, that was not in his speech. That is me speaking. On the sports <laughs> side, fans are certainly back and fully engaged with their favorite teams and events. ESPN viewership was up double digits this quarter, with success continuing through the NBA and the NHL playoffs. In fact, opening weekend of the NBA playoffs was the most viewed since 2014. I could not be prouder of the cast members and Imagineers at the parks, experiences, and products. Despite continuing COVID-related challenges, they posted phenomenal results as they make magical memories for guests around the world. A highlight this past quarter was the opening of our most immersive experience yet, Star Wars' Galactic Star Cruiser at Walt Disney World. It's true next-generation storytelling that puts fans right in the middle of their own Star Wars adventure. Guests think it's fantastic, and the ratings are in line with our most beloved experiences. I got the chance to celebrate the return of Disneyland's Nighttime Spectacular 
with cast members just a few weeks ago, and it was truly magical to see the beloved Main Street Electrical Parade ignite the night once again. I want to close by thanking all of you who met with me and our leadership team during our, our listening tour. Your feedback is important, your personal stories are powerful, and your dedication to our company is inspiring. As I said during those sessions, we are committed to using this moment as an opportunity to become an even better company. And soon you will be hearing more about our progress as we find more ways to support our employees and the communities in which we live and work. Looking ahead, there is a lot to be excited about. Fantastic news stories, incredible experiences, and the opportunity to create an even larger, more connected and magical Disney universe for families and fans around the world. I'm excited to be in this journey with you, Bob. I mean, I like to speech. <laughs> that was good. It just reminds me like, geez, they do everything. Disney does own everything. Right. They are in control. I know. That's what everybody keeps saying. So we shouldn't really think we can mess around with them. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They've got it all. But it, he was well-spoken. Normally, I just enjoy rolling my eyes at him. Right. And anything he says, that was that was good. I guess it's hard for me to say, but that was a good. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to find the good. Yeah. <laughs> So as we have seen, Florida tourism is breaking records in 2022. The governor's office just reported that there was a 14% growth in visitors to the state from its last quarter in 2021. In January through March of 2022 alone, Florida has seen 36 million visitors. The governor's office also predicts that this increase will continue in the coming months. Um, I agree with that. People yes. are ready to travel and Florida's open. Right. So people are headed there and they're going to soak up their summer rays. Tourism levels are continuing to beat records um, that were set pre-pandemic and tourism is, is the state's number one industry. Also, this is the third consecutive quarter that Florida's tourism numbers have passed pre-pandemic records with tons of new things set to open at Disney World, including all the new ride openings this month at Epcot. It's safe to say that the parks are going to continue to attract visitors throughout the rest of the year. And into, I'm going to add them to that and into next year. Like, I already know so many people who are ready to book for next right. year and it's, people just want to travel. So badly. I don't blame them. So on the way home from the ball game the other night, we were passing the airport and I said, I just feel like we should be going there. And Bradless looked at me and I said, I mean, think about it. For months, I was flying somewhere. And one month I went two places flying and I said, it's weird. I haven't been to the airport for since, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Oh, since we went in March. For a while I was going once a month. I was flying and I, I mean, I know I'm rotten. So feel free to write in, in uh, listeners. Um, prices were just at a good rate. And so I did a lot of traveling and um, it was nice. I was ready for took it. took advantage of those prices and you sh that's good. That's so good. Yeah. So it seems weird that we're not going to fly again until, or I'm not flying again until September. They're not flying again until October. Oh, I fibbed. I forgot. I'm not used to taking a trip before we go back to school. We're taking a trip before we go back to school in August. So that'll be good. Where are you going? We're going back to Myrtle Beach, but this time we're taking the kids so that they could see that. And they were like, you do know it's okay to all, to go on trips now. We're adults and you don't have to take us with you. And I said, I know, but it's that we want to experience that with you guys. 
And Aww. they were like, well, we just want you to know that it's okay for us not to always go with you. And I said, well, if we go to Hawaii, I might not say that we're going <laughs> to necessarily... Either try and retake that back. Like, never mind, <laughs> take back because I want to go to Hawaii. Right. And, um, but at the same time, I said, you guys aren't attached and you're still hanging out with us. So we're, you know, want to do these experiences where we have the opportunity. And so they're excited though, because Brad's been telling them all about how Disney, we're always so busy. We have a lot of fun and we enjoy ourselves, but Myrtle Beach is complete opposite. It's just about enjoying nature and the beach and the ocean and just chilling. And so I know that they're both excited about doing that. Nice. Well, good. Well, thank you listeners for joining us. Once again, I want to apologize for my allergy frog voice. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can text us at 636-395-0544. If you'd like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can text us, Stephanie or me, Vicki, at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com. It's just a reminder that a $200 deposit will hold your resort and ticket package reservation. And be sure to listen to Friday's show. Vicki and Brad are going to be discussing part two of some of the amazing changes that have taken place at Disney World in the past 10 years. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, Steph, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs>